You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, And a Highway Shall Be There. Enjoy. I love Jesus in this place. Isn't this great? He's changing all of us. All of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, we receive your love for us this morning, Lord. We receive it. God, you're so good. Hallelujah. We fix our hearts on you and we receive from you this morning your love, your healing, your strength, your encouragement, your joy, your peace has been shed abroad in us, is reigning in our lives. We're leaving here today stronger, with more peace, more health, more life than when we came in. Because you love us so much. You gave us yourself, Jesus. Father, you gave us your Son. And we receive your love for us this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you for doing what you're doing in each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Boy, he's too much. And just when you think you've just been blessed by God and changed and you're so thankful for what he's done, there's more. (laughs) There's more. He has a love that is inexhaustible. He has a joy that nothing can stop. And he has freely, at the cost of his son, freely to us, given himself to us. There's nothing between you and Jesus. Don't listen to Satan anymore. If you've made mistakes, which we all have, we've all fallen short, we've all done stupid stuff, but it doesn't matter because God is for you. And he's bigger than any mistakes you've made. And what Satan loves to do is to condemn and to try and talk you out of receiving what God has for you because of your performance, because of your mistakes or your failures. Don't listen to Satan anymore. God did what he did for you, not because you uh, have or have not made mistakes. He did what he did for you because he loves you, and nothing will ever change that. This is not an award show. This is not um, a performance-based thing. This is about a father who loves you and has given everything he could give for you, and no one will ever change his mind about that. That's what... real Christianity is about. It's about how much he loves you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I pray that, that all of our thinking would to change more and more, to, uh, to think more and more on how much he loves us and less and less about how much we love him. And to understand his love more and more because it really solves every problem. There's nothing like the love of God our Father. So we're just going to encourage you a little bit in the Word and talk about the why and the what and the how and the where and the when of Highway Church on our fourth anniversary. February 2nd, 2014, we piled in the minivan and drove to Regal Cinemas at the Galleria Mall for our first service. And uh, we actually had to load from hand trucks onto the first floor, take stuff up on elevators, then bring it into the theater and down the theater and set everything up and had to be out of there by noon. And uh, this is why we're doing what we're doing. 
it's really simple. What's the purpose of Highway Church? To experience Jesus. Thank you. Good night. That's it. To experience Jesus and help others experience him. That's our purpose. And we're going to keep it that simple. So everything we do and everything that the Boscos have done and everything that everyone has served has done and you coming here, those who attended, I want you to know we're, we're, we're gathering to experience Jesus. Everything we do, every uh, barbecued wing we eat, every song we sing, every video, every handshake is for that purpose, to know him more and to help people experience a vibrant relationship with him every day of their lives. We want people to taste him. As you hear me say so regularly, but boy, I feel it needs to be said that this is never meant to be a religion. And Satan has turned it into that, and mankind has gone along with that, but this is not a religion. Jesus never came to set up a system of rules and regulations. He came to bring us into a life-changing, healing, make-you-whole relationship with the one who made you. So that's our purpose. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, let's put that up there. The Apostle Paul wrote this. Um, did we move all those slides up, Eden, to the... There's a template I put on there to move them up to the top center. If you right-click on the slides and then choose template... And so we can get the slides up there. Let me come over here and help you real quick. Hold on. Pause. Awesome. Is that better? I don't know if they can see the words with the fireworks. I like the fireworks, but might might need to go to black. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says, But I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from what? Ah. The simplicity that is in Christ. Man, I, I just never cease to be amazed at how simple love is. How simple God has made it to be whole. And how difficult we can make it if we don't remember this. <laughs> the simplicity that is in Christ. That was the concern of the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Corinthians. And they had a lot of stuff going on in their church, but their church was a mess. And he said, I'm concerned that your minds are going to be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So we want to keep it simple. Why are we here? To experience Jesus, to know him more and help others know him more. And I'll tell you, religion isn't simple. There are volumes of doctrine and rules and regulations. It's not simple. It's difficult. And it wears you out. 
and it becomes dry, it becomes laborious, it's legalistic, and it emphasizes sin. And without realizing it, many people are going to church week after week, and what's being instilled in them is a consciousness of sin. And they're bound in it week after week because they're told, you know, that you've got to uh, change this, you've got to change that, and look how f- you've made a mistake here and we don't measure up here. And they f- they're led into a focus on sin, and that's what religion does. But relationship with Jesus is altogether different. It's not difficult. It's simple. In fact, Jesus said it's easy. Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's easy. You ever see that Staples button? That's like the Jesus button. Easy. Boom. It's simple, and it doesn't wear you out. It revitalizes you. It refreshes you. It invigorates you. It strengthens you. It empowers you. It sets you free. And it doesn't emphasize sin. It emphasizes love. It emphasizes righteousness. Not you trying to be right, but the righteousness God gave you through His Son. It's this love consciousness, this righteousness consciousness, that no matter what I've done, that God loves me and no one can take this righteousness away from me. I love Romans chapter 5. You should eat that for lunch today before the game. But it says some powerful stuff. And one of the things it says, I don't remember, is verse 18, but it says if verse 518, somewhere along those lines, uh, or 17 or 16. But anyway, the, the principle is this, that if through one man, uh, one man's sin, condemnation came to all men, even so through one man, justification of life came to all men. But let's think about that for a moment. What happened through one man's sin, Adam? Sin came to all of us. And there was nothing we could do to change that. That means I could do a thousand good deeds a day, but I was still bound in sin. I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't earn my way out of it. I couldn't work my way out of it because it was greater than me. And it says, in the same way. So no matter what I did before I put my faith in Christ, I was a sinner. I could win a Nobel Peace Prize, um, medals of honor. It didn't matter. I was a sinner. But when I put my faith in Christ, he gave me his righteousness. And now, no matter what I do, I'm righteous. No matter what I do, I'm righteous. I know that's hard to hear to religious ears, but no matter what I do, Facebook, I'm righteous. Because this righteousness that we're enjoying is not based on my behavior. It's not based on how long I pray. It's not based on how many good deeds I do, if I say my prayers or if I don't. It's based on what Jesus did for me. And why is that so important? That's the foundation of our relationship. Because nothing can take that away from you. God made you righteous when he gave you his son. And no one can take that from you. You can't lose that. Because God gave it to you. So the pillars of our relationship with Jesus Christ... You know are the three things I talk about so much. Who he is. Because you got to know someone. you got to know the real person. Right? Who he is. What's the second one? What he's done for us. And the third one. Who we are in him. So this experiencing Jesus is based on those three, th- three things. 
who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. That is the foundation of our relationship. And you would think, well, okay, duh. But a lot of times what comes from pulpits is not the real Jesus. It's man's religious ideas. And I've been in services for, before where the pastor kind of shames you into standing up and praising, you know, or, sta- or doing things, you know, where you're kind of manipulated and controlled to, to give or to do this and do that. Now, how sad that is. Right. God doesn't manipulate or shame. The basis of our relationship is who he is. He's not a manipulator. Amen. He's not a shamer. He doesn't look down on you. How do we know who he is? Just because I said it, does that mean he's true? Does that mean it's true? No. Hebrews 1.3 tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of God's nature. So I, I was talking with a friend, and he said, the first time I came to Highway Church, you must have said Jesus 70 times. <laughs> And he said, and I realized, wait, that's right. That's, my, that's what it's all about. <laughs> it really is what it's all about, Jesus. If you're looking elsewhere, you're missing it. Jesus, he, he's the exact representation of God's nature. And that's a great comfort to me. I think I've left my Bible in my bag. Because I can go to Matthew in the New Testament, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, the first five books in the New Testament, and I can see the exact nature of God. I can just read it and see it. I can stare at God every day. So I've been staring at God now for almost 30 years in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's changed my life. And I've noticed just being in the body of Christ, there are a lot of times things come from pulpits that are contrary to Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So who he is, what he's done for us. Let's put Galatians chapter 3 up there. Verses 13 and 14. What has Jesus done for us? The first pillar of our relationship with him, who he is. The second, what he's done for us. Check this out. Christ has, that's past tense, isn't it? We're not waiting for him to redeem us. There's a lot of of wrong kind of waiting in religion. Oh, if God would move. Cry out more. Fast more. Pray more. Get on your knees. Pound the altar fall on the floor he's already redeemed us Amen. it's done now our mortal bodies haven't been converted into immortal Christ hasn't returned yet so the, in that sense that, that full experience of our redemption hasn't taken place but we don't need to cry out anymore we just need to receive it Christ has big word there that has If it said, is going to, boy, that would change everything, wouldn't it? Christ is going to redeem us. I don't know how many Christian songs I've heard about someday maybe. Because they don't know that he has done it. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, this is why he did it. Okay, this is why Jesus, perfect, holy, son of God, Messiah Jesus, it's why he did this. He became a curse for us. Why? 
Remember we talked about Abraham? That the blessing of Abraham might come on you in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You remember the last couple of weeks we've been talking about Abraham. Right? God's too much and the too much things that he did in Abraham's life. Well, what's the blessing of Abraham? Do you remember? All the, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you. What's that blessing? That, that, that through faith in Christ they're going to be made new. Through faith that, that, that this new creation life, this righteousness, is going to be made available to every family on earth through you. The Messiah is going to come through you, Abraham. That's the blessing. And that anyone, anywhere, from any nation, at any time can simply put their faith in Jesus Christ and He will come and live inside of them and give them His righteousness. So, I don't know if you know it or not, but the promise of the Messiah is available and we've received it. So we're, we're standing in and on the promised land. I'm not talking about a geographical location. I'm talking about a quality of life where every promise God has made is stamped with a big, fat yes and amen. amen. Is that in the Bible? Yes. Where's that at in the Bible? For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Is it uh, chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, verse 20, or 1 Corinthians? I think it's 2, 2 1, 20. Hallelujah. So we're, we're living our lives with God's promises as our foundation. It's done. It's the finished work. We're, we're living our lives with what He's done for us as the foundation of our lives. We're resurrected beings. We're resurrected beings. When you put your faith in Christ, your dead spirit was made alive. We're resurrected beings. Go through this week thinking of yourself as a resurrected being. You know, if Jesus were to come right now, we would just go straight up in the air. Right? We'd be taken up with Him in the air, the rapture. Now, if He would tarry and... and and I, my body goes into the ground, when he comes, my body will be raised up. What I'm talking about, we're resurrected beings. Our spirit's already been made new. We have resurrection life inside of us. And that will affect everything if you let it. Just talking with some friends who went on a cruise and told me about a, a couple, 97 and 90-something, out at 2 in the morning dancing on the disco floor. And they said, we took a nap just to go to the dance that night. And here they are with their headphones on, 97, 94, 95, till 2.30 in the morning. And next morning, they're up ready for breakfast. Res we're resurrected beings. And I don't know what they know, what they believe, but if they don't know Jesus, we've got more life than that. We're resurrected beings. And our life is, is built upon the resurrection of Christ. So who we are in Him is the third pillar. And uh, you can stay there. That's all right. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that we're new creations 
in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and put that up there. There you go. Therefore, if anyone in Christ, anyone is in Christ, he is not going to be. He is now a new creation. When are you a new creation? The moment you put your faith in Christ. The moment. You're not trying to be a better Christian. We're not trying to do things more righteous. We're new creations now. You'll find victory over sin when you simply realize who you are in Christ now. Instead of trying to defeat it on your own. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. See, if, if, if so many pastors understood this, they would never say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. That is not New Testament truth. That's a, tra- a religious tradition. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. If you put your faith in Christ, you're saved by grace and you're the righteousness of God now. I was a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace. You can't be both. You're either righteous or in sin. And that's not determined by what you did yesterday. It's determined by what he did yesterday. So that's the why of Highway Church. What? What's the what of Highway Church? Why is our purpose to experience Jesus? And what is what we see happening as a result of us experiencing Jesus and helping others experience Jesus? Go ahead and put this up there, the, the, the vision statement. Oop, that's not it. Did you put it on there, we see a vibrant growing church? Did you put that on there? Okay. All right. That, we'll get to that slide next. So the vision statement is very simple. This is what we see, all right, as a result of experiencing Jesus. It's very simple. We see a vibrant, life-producing, right, a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. That's the vision statement, Highway Church. We see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in His destiny for their lives. That's what we see as a result of relationship with Jesus. There's three verbs in there, growing, experiencing, and moving. We're growing in the grace and knowledge of God. 2 Peter 1, 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. So we're growing in the grace and knowledge of God, and get-togethers are a great place to do that. Yes, yes. I would encourage you to, 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 to find a get-together and get there. Get to that get-together. Right? Growing in the knowledge of God. So we're growing in the knowledge of God, experiencing, we're experiencing God at work. We're experiencing God um, at Chick-fil-A. We're experiencing God at, the, at Pub, uh, is it Pub 99? Is that the name of that restaurant? We're experiencing God at Nordstrom's. We're experiencing God at Target. We're experiencing God every day of our lives because we're in a relationship with him that never quits. Growing in the grace and knowledge of God, and experiencing God in our everyday lives. 
Religion turns them into a once a week God or, or a two times a year God. But he's an every day I love you and I'm with you and I'm for you God. So growing, we're growing in the grace and knowledge of God. We're experiencing God in our everyday lives. And we're moving forward in his destiny for our lives. We got on the van this morning, had to take two cars to fit everything. And we had the balloons in the middle row. So I couldn't use my rearview mirror. And I said to Jennifer, I, I must be like Bill Belichick, no rearview mirror. So <laughs> you had to be here last week to get that one. So, so. But we're moving forward. We're not going back. No. You know, the, the Lord really is looking for those who are willing to go forward. And to go forward, you've got to let go. And usually the letting go is of maybe things we used to think. Um, maybe things we used to hold on to. We realize in the light of Christ, I can't hold on to those things anymore. I've got to have more of you. So we're moving forward. We're growing, we're experiencing, and we're moving forward. And I can tell you, you know, these, these verbs describe the testimonies we've heard in the last four years. And people, we, we need to have more testimony time. And my goodness, the things that we're hearing, the healings that have taken place, the, the marriages that have been changed, the lives that have, have been redirected, the uh, addictions that have been broken Amen. because of Jesus. So let's do this. Let's look at Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 8. And when I was, I mean, the Lord put a, a church in my heart many years ago, back in the early 90s, but it got, just got stronger and stronger. And in 2012, it was getting so strong, I wasn't sure what to do, but I said, Lord, I want a really simple name for this church. I didn't know anything about what we were going to do in 2014. But I thought, when the day comes, I just want a simple name, two syllables. That's all I want. I don't want anything long and difficult. And I was in my prayer time, in my prayer closet, and I was in Isaiah, and I went to Isaiah 35, and verses 1 through 8a were the verses that the Lord gave me to describe what he was going to do at Highway Church. And verse 8 is our name, but we'll go start in verse 1. I mean, a highway is simple, right? Everyone's been on a highway. We know what they're used for, to get from where I am to where I want to be. That's what Highway Church is about, to take you from where you are to where you are meant to be, to where you long to be. A highway is a structure that transports people to where they want to go. And that's the name of this church, Highway, simple. Isaiah 35, the wilderness and the solitary place. One translation says the dry land or the desert, the wasteland. What, prophetically, what is that talking about? Planet Earth. Hello. The Earth is a wasteland. I was thinking of the Who tune. Teenage wasteland. You guys know that tune? <laughs> I don't know. Who? The Who. I don't know. This is my BC days, but anyway. Uh, the wilderness and the solitude, the earth is a wasteland. Isn't that a great poster to put up? Wouldn't people love that? It is. We're living in a fallen world that's falling apart. We don't treasure the earth. We see it for what it is. We're, <laughs> Jennifer and I were talking this morning. And uh, what we're talking about, being in hostile territory. Uh, who is sharing that? Fred, oh, Fred Hammond. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Life Together. And we talked about Fred Hammond. 
But uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, Life Together, is talking about the realization that we're living in a, uh, in a hostile territory. And you can get discouraged if you don't know that, right. you know. And I said to Jennifer, yeah, be kind of like living in China and expecting to have Chick-fil-A every day. Right. It's not going to happen, no. you know. It's gonna <laughs> no, but you have to know where you're at. You're in enemy territory. Satan's the god of this world. This isn't our home. So he's talking about planet Earth. But he says something's going to happen that causes planet Earth to rejoice and blossom as the rose. What could, what could cause that? Verse 2, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall, or Carmel, they shall see the glory of the Lord. And the excellency of our God. Yes. Verse 3 in the Amplified says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble and tottering knees. Yes. I like that. That's what we're doing. The New Living Translation says, With this news, what kind of news? The good news of the gospel of God's grace. Strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. The New International Version says, Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Do not fear ever again. God is for you. Now this was written 600 some years before Jesus said, it said, Your God will come. He's come. Right? He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. What's retribution? You guys know what that word means? Punishment or payback. Whoa, is that a, is that a pleasant thought? Who took God's punishment? Jesus. Isaiah said he took the punishment that was necessary for us to have peace, for us to be whole. All right, so God, Jesus became God's punishment on the cross. This is good news. He's not going to punish you. He punished Jesus. So you don't have to be punished so that you can be whole. The chastisement, one translation says, for our well-being was put upon him so that in him we might be whole. Love that. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Then after Jesus comes, the, after, after the punishment's been paid by Jesus, the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. This is the day we're living in. Then shall the lame leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. What did Jesus say? He who believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the parched ground shall become a pool in the thirsty land, springs of water, in the habitation of dragons, Satan in Revelation. If, by the way, did you read that in your Bible reading plan? We finished Revelation. It talks about Satan as the great dragon. Yeah, it's just so, so we're, we're in planet Earth, the habitation of the dragon. This is his territory, right? The, the habitation of the dragon shall be grass with reeds and rushes. In other words, it's going to flourish and blossom because of what the Messiah has done. Amen. Amen. Because what the Messiah did is greater than what Satan has done. That's right. That's right. And verse 8, here it is. In a highway 
shall be there. And I remember reading that back in 2012, and the Holy Spirit said, boom, that's it. That's the name. So I'll take it. That's simple. Highway. I like driving on highways. Might as well have a church named Highway, right? And there's no speeding tickets here. There's no speed limit at this church. Woo! We're on the Autobahn, baby. Woo! And I'm just going to stay in the passing lane. I tell you why, because I'm going all the way. There's no sense getting back to the right. I'm just pedal to the metal. You got it. So, boy, Jesus is an oasis, right? It's describing in the midst of this fallen world an oasis where people are made whole. And that's what we believe for this church. And that's what we, uh, we, we look at ourselves as, a place where people can be, come and be refreshed and made strong. You know, man... Life without knowing how much God loves you is a horrible desert. It, it's just, it's just, man, there's no, there's no answer. There's no satisfying. There's no, uh, there's no way to get out of that but through Christ. So we want to see people who go from a desert life to a beautiful garden life, to a blossoming, flourishing life. And, and I, I want to see people who may have been dealing with depression for decades, just be set free and experience the unspeakable joy and peace of Christ. So that's our vision, this flourishing place where people are refreshed and made strong and moved forward into the fullness of God's plan for their lives. What's the how? How's this going to happen? How is simply how we do this. The, how's the vision going to come to pass it's really simple. You'll hear me say that a lot because I like simple. Psalm 37.4 gives us our answer. How's this going to happen? We're going to delight ourselves in the Lord. <laughs> Are you telling me it's all about Jesus? Yeah. We're not going to try and come up with amazing programs and, and fill our calendar with a bunch of stuff. And I know that, that the world has become preoccupied with being occupied with being busy, and you put pressure on you to make you feel you need to be busy. You don't need to be busy. You need to, to know how much God loves you and let his love and spirit guide you in what you choose to put on your calendar. Amazing that the churches, their calendars are full of things and programs, and one ministry doesn't know what the next one's doing. And, and they're going to all these different things, but are they experiencing Jesus? in their daily lives. They've got a lot of events and activities, but when, when all the lights are off and they're alone, do they know who their healer is? Are they tasting the power of Christ in their lives? You have to be careful because Satan will get you into this busy mode. And before you know it, 10 years have gone by and you're so tired, you can't experience God. So what's the answer? Do more. No. Less is more. See, it's time to, to let some things go. Simplify is a good word for 2018. Don't be afraid to simplify. We're going to delight ourselves in Jesus. And he's going to give us the desires of our heart. What a deal. 
I, I can't think of a better one than that. Right? We're going we're gonna to make our relationship with him the greatest thrill of our life. The greatest pleasure of our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday life. He's our greatest pleasure. He's our thrill. He's our motivation. We're going to eat him up. We're going to sop it up. We're going to revel in him. We're going to luxuriate in him. We're going to thrill our lives with knowing him. We're seeking all of our happiness from our relationship with him. We're expecting all of our happiness from him. This is what we're doing. This is how the vision comes to pass. We fill ourselves up with him. We delight ourselves in him. This is what unlocks the real you. This is what unlocks the gifts inside of you. I mean, you can have strong giftings inside of you, and you can develop and practice and use those, but until Jesus is the thrill of your life, you will never utilize those gifts to their fullest God-given potential. It's Jesus. So now, because we're doing this, what's important to Jesus is now important to us. What's important to him? Should we kind of make up our own ideas and just write a list? No, what do we see him doing in the Gospels? Teaching, preaching, and healing. That may not be in, in some religious circles, but it's in here. Because that's what's important to him. Why? He wants people whole. And church programs are not going to do it. Might give you something to do on a Friday night, but it's not going to make you whole. You need to know him. You need to know what he's done for you. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, you're so good. So this is important to us now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, and we'll, we'll close up here. 2 Corinthians 5. We'll start in verse 14. So simplifying, we're simplifying our lives by letting Jesus set our priorities. Remember, his yoke's easy. His load is light. It's kind of like when David stood before Saul and Saul gave him his armor and he put it on. He couldn't move around in this stuff. He said, this doesn't work. That's what religion is. It's this big, heavy armor that you're supposed to wear, but it doesn't work. I need to be free and loose. I just need faith in Christ. I'm saved by grace through faith. That's all I need. And now I can move. Now I can do the things I need to do. Because I'm saved by grace through faith. Man, God is good. For Christ's love is the propeller inside of us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him. That'll simplify your life right there. You know, I, I grew up and there's a lot of pressure in my home to be what, I, what the, my parents or relatives said I should be. And that pressure moves you to do things you may not be made to do. And eventually it'll tire you out. And your motivation is wrong. But when I discovered this, that I'm living for him now, 
things just began to fall off. <laughs> Pressure, weight, stress. Wait a minute, I'm not living for what so-and-so says I should be or for what the world is telling me I should be or what the world says I am. No, I'm living for him now. I'm living for him. No longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. Let me jump down here for two more verses. Well, let's do 15 in the Living Bible. 15 in the Living Bible. He died for all so that all who live, having received. Notice that that's past tense. Do we have that up there in the Living Bible? TLB translation? Maybe not. I'll just read it anyway. He died for all so that all who live, having received, it's past tense, having received eternal life, means you've already got it, we're not waiting for it, having received eternal life from him, might live no longer for themselves to please themselves, but to spend their lives pleasing Christ. Amen. And kids, that's why we got in the minivan these last four years and shoved you all in there and filled it up. We're spending our lives pleasing Christ, who died and rose again for them. Last translation, well, Philippians, we'll see, verse 18. Let's go to verse 18 in the Phillips New Testament. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 5 in the Phillips. All this is God's doing, for he has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. It's done, right? It has, past tense. Notice all these past tense, the finished work. And he has made us agents of the reconciliation. God was in Christ personally. That's Hebrews 1.3 right there. God was in Christ personally, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. And he has commissioned us with the message of reconciliation. Last verse, verse 20 in the message. We are Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. Wow. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Hallelujah. So that's how I, so we, we, this vision comes to pass because we're not living for ourselves anymore. We're living for him. We recognize our commission to bring this message of reconciliation everywhere we go. That God's your friend. That God loves you and he's for you. And he gave his son for you. So that you never have to be afraid again. Now, uh, if you've signed up for Helps Ministries, our dream team, the last three weeks we've had sign-ups. We'll have one more week of sign-ups. So if you want to be involved uh, on the dream team, there are nine different areas where you can serve. And I think we have more of those handouts back at the Welcome Center there. You can pick one of those up and you can sign up today and just put the area you want to serve. But next Sunday, we're going to meet immediately following service for everyone who signed up to be involved in the Dream Team. We'll meet and we'll just go over some specifics, okay? Um, but I want you to know this as we're, uh, that's the how, uh, the who is us, right, in, this, in what God's doing here. We want to keep it simple on the Dream Team and our helps ministries, all right? We, you have to resist getting complicated. You really do, especially the more people are involved. We want to keep it simple, uh, keep our mind on the simplicity of Christ. We don't want people to get buried in programs and activities. 
The goal for having this place is not programs and activities. It's coming in, tasting Jesus, going home strong. Amen. That's it, okay? And this might be shocking, but this is where we're going, okay? So in a world where people are drowning in busyness, we want to help people simplify, okay? So we're, we're committed to being led by the Spirit, not by pressure or stress. And... Um, so come next Sunday if you want to be involved in that. I'm going to shut up now. Um, when is this going to happen? Well, it's right now. We're writing a new chapter in New England where sin consciousness is not being preached, but the gospel of God's grace is being preached. Right here in New England, this is where it's happening. And we're believing God to transform this region. No matter what it might look like now, I speak over this region. Uh, addictions broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, drug addicts set free in Jesus' name, saved and delivered, uh, uh, drug dealers uh, giving their lives to Jesus Christ, um, uh, pornography broken in people's lives in the name of Jesus Christ, confusion and darkness shattered with the light and love of Jesus over this area from Boston down all the way down in Brockton and Taunton and Fall River and Dartmouth and New Bedford and over to Providence and, and covering this southeastern mass in Rhode Island in this region of New England in Jesus name hallelujah Lord we thank you for it and Lord I pray for everyone here Father you have been encouraging us your presence your love for us is so tangible here this morning and Lord we celebrate what you've done what started four years ago and Lord you brought us this far and we know you're faithful to finish what you've started, Lord. And we thank you for providing for us supernaturally. Supernaturally, Lord. I know that better than anyone. I see it, Lord. Your supernatural provision in our daily lives as a church. Thank you for meeting our needs. And thank you, Lord, not only for what you've done, for what you're doing now and this amazing year that has begun, 2018, the year of too much, of more and more of you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.